comes, we ask ourselves, where can we find light in this never ending shade? The loss we carry, a sea we must wade. We've braved the belly of the beast. We've learned that quiet is an always peace. And the norms and notions of what just is, isn't always justice. And yet the down is ours before we knew it. Somehow we do it. Somehow we've weathered and witnessed a nation that isn't broken, but simply unfinished. These are the opening lines of Amanda Gorman's exquisite Inauguration Day poem, The Hill We Climb. And while she wrote it as a reflection of where she sees our country and her experiences in it, I think it also could have been written about this week's Torah portion, Bo, and the journey the Israelites will soon take across the Red Sea to the foot of Mount Sinai and through the wilderness. In Parashat Bo, Egypt will experience the plagues of locusts and darkness and finally the death of the firstborn. The Israelites will be asked to remember the exodus of Egypt and take part in rituals to celebrate a Pesach festival. And at the end of chapter 12, Pharaoh will allow the Israelites to leave Egypt. We heard last week that their spirit had been crushed by bondage. And yet just one parsha later with Moses' leadership and God's help, they muster the courage to leave and write the next chapter in the life of the Jewish people. Much has already been made of Miss Gorman's poem, her biblical references, her Hamilton references, and I imagine there will be a lot more said too. For while the Exodus narrative is part of our master story, the command to protect the stranger because we were strangers in the land of Egypt is repeated 36 times in Torah. The Exodus from Egypt provides a metaphor for all who are leaving behind servitude or discrimination, all who would seek a better life, who wish to reinvent themselves and build a safer, more equitable future. The Exodus story reminds us that despite our suffering, we are still an am segula, a treasured people in God's eyes. Amanda Gorman writes, when day comes, we ask ourselves, where can we find light in this never ending shade? I can imagine the Hebrews asked themselves a similar question. 400 years they had been enslaved, their spirits crushed. And yet as the plague of darkness descended, when their time to leave Egypt drew near, they found that there was indeed light in their dwellings. Exodus 10, verses 21 to 23. Adonai said to Moses, hold out your arms toward the sky that there may be darkness upon the land of Egypt, a darkness that can be touched. Moses held out his arms toward the sky and thick darkness descended upon all the land of Egypt for three days. People could not see one another and for three days, no one could get up from where he was. But all the Israelites enjoyed light in their dwellings. Traditional commentators describe the plague of darkness in physical terms, thick, and opaque, but a more modern approach sees the darkness as internal as well. As the 19th century Hasidic master Menachem Mendel of Kotsk explained, in the darkness, no one could see past his own self. Thus, no one among the Egyptians could rise from his own place. The darkness was the only plague self-imposed. 
This last line of commentary has always struck me. It was the only plague self-imposed. There are philosophical arguments as to whether Pharaoh can truly be blamed for his obstinance and refusing to free the people of Israel if God hardened his heart, as the Torah tells us. But this plague seems less designed to convince the Egyptians and the Israelites of God's might and more focused on opening their eyes to the truth of their lives. If the darkness was self-imposed, it means that it wasn't just Pharaoh that was responsible for enslaving the Hebrews. It means that Egyptian citizens too were culpable. Perhaps as Rabbi Harold Kushner reflects, the Egyptians were finally struck by the realization of how much their own comfort depended upon the enslavement of others. Perhaps they were unable to move to get up from where they were because the enormity of their sin, societal and individual, was suddenly fully known to them. As Jews in America today, we find ourselves in a unique position. Even with the alarming rise of anti-Semitic rhetoric and hate crimes, we still have enormous security, enormous acceptance, and enormous opportunity. I'm sure you two have heard how there is more than a million of Jews in the upper echelons of Biden's new administration. So while the story of the slaves in Egypt is our story, we still need to be careful to make sure that any light we are experiencing in our own dwellings is not at the expense of light in the dwellings of others. In other words, in addition to taking care of our own community, we have an obligation to take care of others as well and share our light with them too for all people desire to be truly free. Again, Amanda Gorman's words are perfect for our time and our Torah portion. Scripture tells us to envision that everyone shall sit under their own vine and fig tree and no one shall make them afraid. If we're to live up to our own time, then victory won't lie in the blade, but in all the bridges we've made, that is the promise to glade, the hill we climb, if only we dare, it's because being American is more than a pride we inherit. It's the past we step into and how we repair it. I was struck by the power of three former presidents sharing a message of unity and hope as part of the virtual inauguration day festivities. Bill Clinton, George Bush, and Barack Obama stood together. Each proud to have served as president of the United States, each made good decisions and bad decisions. Each was beloved by some and despised by others, but all led to the best of their ability with the good of our nation in the forefront of his mind. They show us that it is not just okay, but essential to examine our past, to understand our divisions and differences of opinion, to acknowledge our short-sightedness. And in doing that pledge to move forward together anyway to enhance the light of opportunity for all. Amanda Gorman's poem concludes, when day comes, we step out of the shade, aflame and unafraid. The new dawn blooms as we free it, for there is always light. If only we're brave enough to see it, if only we're brave enough to be it. The Talmud teaches that Torah begins and ends with acts of chesed, loving kindness. So as Rabbi Abraham Tversky explains, the essence of Torah is consideration for others. If one lights a candle for oneself, the room becomes brighter for everyone else. 
And likewise, if one brings light to another, so one sees himself as the result of that light. Amanda Gorman's poem has inspired me to believe that healing and unification and rebuilding are possible. That even in our darkest moments as a country, as human beings, there still is the possibility for light. Our Parsha ends with the Israelites preparing to embark on their journey to freedom. Let us be inspired to move forward, finding ways to share light with others, creating space that is welcoming, healing, and uplifting for us all. Amen. Amen.